Hello everybody and welcome back to Straight Outta Cloyne with me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Tarl, who has just finished recording a megasode, an absolute megasode, with an absolutely fantastic guest. This is one of the best podcasts, if not the best podcast, I have ever done, to be honest. It's just the second time we've had a guest on here. And this was the first time me and this guest ever spoke properly. And, oh my god, it was great. It was absolutely great. I have just finished recording with none other than the viral sensation himself, the overnight sensation on TikTok, Tony Cunningham. He is a musician uh, from up in Op- uh, Opoly, apparently. He's from Opoly. He's from up in a made-up place called Opoly. He is from Offaly. How... How is that a hard county to say, Dylan? How, how is the word awfully hard for you to say? Sometimes I worry about my level of English. Is it getting worse? But anyways, I'll leave that for you to decide because we just had a great podcast and chat about all things music, wrestling, pretty much everything in between. Tony has got a hell of a creative mind. He has got so many different thoughts and ideas for where he would like to see the future of wrestling go. Uh, He has a lot of interesting thoughts on music. We have, I'm just going to say it, lads. We have a bit of a chat about the whole gender identity debate. Whatever the fuck you want to call that. We have, we've covered all bases here. I did, I've just realised now, I did forget to ask Tony what wrestling promo, or what wrestler uh, he would like to hear a promo from right at the end of the show. Damn it, I completely forgot about that. But, fuck it. I, based off the conversation I had with Tony, I will try and work out I'll try and work out one that fits in with the episode let's just say that this is just me thinking out loud now and this intro has probably made this podcast even more long than it probably needs to be but who cares let's just get into it without further ado here is my interview with the legend himself Tony Cunningham Tony welcome to Straight Outta Cline how the hell are you? Ah sure Dylan I am electric electric with Uber amounts of Niss, if that makes any kind of sense to you. That makes a lot of sense. That's a great word, actually. See? Welcome to my madness. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of madness, I've just had a look at your TikTok. 41,000 followers. Yeah. Where did Mad. that come from? <laughs> <laughs> that is extremely, um, extremely quick, to be honest with you. I was, I've been stuck on, like... 28,000 followers for the last 84 years. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden on at the weekend, um, I've kind of been in this weird, um, I've been in a weird kind of back and forth with a very, very popular musician from that, that actually is out at the minute and doing amazing uh-huh. named Dan McCabe. Okay. <coughs> Pardon me. And um, he put up a, uh, rendition of himself singing the Greenfields of France mm-hmm. and it went everywhere and a girl who I would who I would know from years and years ago commented on it saying um, best singer in Ireland right to which I replied to the comment well this is awkward <laughs> and <laughs> then I put up uh, I put up just a little story on my TikTok asking for song requests in regards because I always do it maybe once a month I'll say uh, right I'm out, I'm out of ideas what do you want to hear yeah and she ended up commenting the same song that Dan was after doing. Right. And then, so I said, fine, I'll do it. I'll see it. I like, I, 
Don't tell anyone, but I'm not a huge fan of Irish music. <laughs> Same. Like, to be honest. If, if you if you see me, I'm covered in tattoos, a long hair, big beard. I'm a I'm a I'm a metal fan. Always have been. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up singing the song, putting it up on fa- or on to TikTok and on to Facebook and on to Instagram, and all of a sudden it went ballistic. Jesus, it went ballistic. Like on TikTok at the moment, it's currently sitting on like ten thousand under half a million views. Yeah, I've just seen um, it there. Yeah, fucking hell. Face, Facebook, it's been shared on several different, several different kind of Irish sites and stuff like that, and it's now sitting at just under ten million views all over. Wow, and, that's uh, insane. Yeah, and then like I'm not even going to talk about Instagram because Instagram is now like Instagram is a dead media in my in my opinion now. Yeah, so it's like I agree. It just is like I'm I've literally got two and a half thousand followers, and that's the way it's been since I was born. Well, I tell you what, I've got what like three fifty eight, and feel, it feels like it's going down lately. So I know you're paying. It really, do, it's not even. It's I. I don't even feel like it's going down. I feel like it's like I'm getting. Have you have you ever noticed? Say, if you put up a picture, or you put up a video or something on your Instagram, you'll always get like these three comments. Hey, love your stuff. Promote it on this for like a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it seems to get anymore. It's just yeah. robots. Yeah. And uh, but I'm I'm. Like uh, self-professed lunatic, so I'll I'll mess with them for a good hour and then <laughs> I'll block and report them. But after that, but yeah, it was just it's just crazy. But now I'm locked in this, and the weird thing about it is like me and Dan have actually been like we've been, we've been corresponding for a little while about the about getting together and actually singing a song together, right? And the funniest thing is that now because that's after happening, all like the, a good few of the comments and stuff are tagging Dan, going right, buddy, you're up. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah. Almost, it's almost created this real, real healthy rivalry between. Well, it's it seems like it's a healthy, healthy rivalry in my eyes. But like Dan, Dan's just being typical, beautiful, nice guy, Dan, and he's he's liking all the stuff and he's commenting and he's being the same thing I would do with him. But I'm just putting this out there right now. If if Dan McCabe hears this, Dan, it's time, buddy. Put your money where your mouth is. Me and you got to do a song together, and that's it. This country will lose their minds. Well. There it is. There's the invitation, Dan. What are you doing? See? Let's let's See? do it. See, it's like when they invited Eminem on to Wild and Out. Probably never happened. <laughs> it's funny there. Like you were talking about, obviously you're uh, a big metal fan, uh, like myself, uh-huh. and uh, you know it's like I think it's really weird when, like you know, you were saying you have like you've got the tattoos, you've got the long hair and stuff, and. You are what many would perceive to be like you look you look at you and you go, that's a metal fan. But what I found right. recently is I'm speaking to a lot of people who I never would have thought would have even like heard any little bit of metal in their lives, but it turns out they're huge into it. Like, do you think it's actually more popular than what we'll say people who don't listen to it on the outside than what they think it is? Uh well, I think in the realms of I think metal is more secretly popular, uh-huh. and that's that's kind of way the way I'd look at it. It's like back, say when I was coming up, say mid like mid to late nineties, two thousands. Um, there was always that one question that you always got asked by the bullies in school: Are you do you like Nirvana? Do you like Eminem? Yeah, it was always that's always what it was. And then as you went as you went further, then it was: Do you like Nirvana? Do you like Metallica? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, and but now it's almost now to just what from what I see it's now. Oh, are you um are you Justin Bieber? Or are you Harry Styles? Yeah, 
You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, I, there's actually something that now that I've kind of been given a bit of a platform that I actually need to talk about in regards to Harry Styles, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but for, for me personally, I think metal, the metal that's out now is killing the metal that once was because it's now, the metal that's out now has literally forced, and it only happened yesterday, it has forced Metallica to bring out a brand new album. Yeah. It has forced Metallica to go to, to do a brand new world tour. These dudes are old men. You know what I mean? They're old men. They're still one. Like I saw them in Slain and they're still some of the greatest rockers and musicians that I think I've ever witnessed in my life. But they shouldn't have to bring out a brand new album after everything they've done. Yeah. Especially considering the fact that they're probably going to be like spend the rest of their lives as billionaires because of Stranger Things. Well, yeah, I think. Like- you know? It's funny you say that. Actually, my my buddy Porik was saying how like, I mean, we, I've never seen. Was it Master of Puppets that they played on Stranger it Things? It was, yeah. It was Master. Yeah. It was Master of Puppets, and it was it was one of the characters like in uh in like a a demon world, luring a lot of death bats to come to him by playing Master of Puppets on a guitar. Yeah, and it was it's like in my opinion, it's one of the greatest TV scenes of all time. I need to check all that out. time. I've never even like, if you like, even if you don't watch the show, which to be honest with you, Dylan, you should watch the show. It's one of the best I've seen in a long time. But uh-huh. even if you don't, just Google Eddie Munson, Master of Puppets. That's all you need to do, and sit back and enjoy it for four minutes. Well, that's definitely going on the list anyway. Um, oh, yeah. I've heard, yeah, I've heard like Porig now, as I was saying, he he was talking about that, and like he was just saying from what he saw online that like. There were so many people blown away who had never heard Master of Puppets, which came out in, I know you probably know the year. I just don't, but like 80s, a long, 80s. Yeah, it was a long yeah. time ago. And like people were just blown away by this but, song that they never I can, heard. I can do worse. I can do worse for you. I genuinely seen on TikTok and on Twitter um, people from the Gen Z generation asking, um, how dare this old band named Metallica plagiarize a Stranger Things song. Really? <laughs> Honest to God. Oh my God. Honest to God. And so many, like so many just metal heads and like, and especially, especially death metal heads. Yeah. Just like, just stitching, stitching them or like duetting them, just going, you are a moron. And like, just, it's, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it goes to show the way music, in my opinion, the way music is now. Like, for example, I, have spent like nearly all of my TikTok thing. Like I started doing TikTok, like everybody started doing TikTok. I was just finding funny sounds and trying mm. to mime to them. Yeah. And then I started doing the singing on it, but I was singing songs that I like. Right. <laughs> and it was, it only seemed like when I, when I sang a song that like wouldn't necessarily be something that I would sing normally. That's what's that. That's what kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Randomly, a song called "The Greenfields of France" is after making me viral again everywhere, and it's insane to me. And in this, in the last since, over the course of the weekend, um, like I've put up, uh, "Greenfields of France," um, "Grace," "Sweet 16. and today actually we did a poll on TikTok and "Fields of Atten Rye" one. So actually, within the last half an hour, that's gone up. Oh wow! And I'm just. I'm kind of in and out on my phone, kind of watching it as as I'm talking to you. And like, even now it's like, it's up for the last, maybe I think it's up half an hour, maybe. Yeah. And she's currently sitting on 
just under 5,000 views. Nice. That's... And it's ridiculous. And there's loads more that I keep getting asked to do and I will do them because why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's some going, to be fair. Like, and I mean, yeah. I, like, I mean, yeah, as you say, like, I started making TikToks. It was around late 2020. And, mm. like, they were videos that I, like, I mean, obviously now I do the wrestling stuff, the football stuff, MMA stuff, of whatever. Course. But at first it was like, I was just making, like, relatable Irish videos. And it was stuff that, like, I never, ever would have thought of doing. But it just like it's it's mad that like the thing that is we'll say a little bit outside of maybe not outside your comfort zone, but outside the realms of what you would want to do yourself is what ends up making you popular. And that's that seems to be exactly it. It's like when you when you I think when you spend I think thinking is the greatest is the greatest kind of downtrodder to any form of content creating. Like if you sit there and you think and you think and you think and you think, what do these people want? What am I going to do? What am I going to put up? You're never going to come up with something that they want. But yeah. if you ask, but if you just <laughs> yeah. ask, if you just ask, come here, by the way, what do you want? It's like anything. It's like you never know unless you ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? I asked, they told me, I got, and now look. You know? Like you started doing, like for example, you started doing the... um the wrestling kind of the the talk like the wrestling TikToks and talking about wrestling and stuff and it was only once you did a wrestling TikTok that I saw it was like mm -hmm. okay I I wanna I now want to listen to this dude yeah you know what I mean so it was like immediately follow I I want to hear his opinions I want to hear what he wants to talk about in regards to something that I that outside of music that I like have enjoyed since I was five you mm -hmm. know. And to my and say you're the exact same to our detriment, we still follow religiously. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> preach. Yeah, but that's and that's literally exactly what it is. It was stepping outside of what I like to do and doing what they want me to do. Because at the end of the day, as content creators or as musicians or podcasters or bloggers or whatever, uh -huh. our job is to entertain. Yeah, and we can't entertain hundreds of thousands of people if we're doing stuff that hundreds of thousands of people don't like but what we are doing is stuff that we like when we're sitting in our houses yeah exactly that makes sense yeah no 100% I think you've really hit the nail on the head there uh, and you know you, you were saying earlier you kind of touched off a couple of like modern names we'll say that people tend to listen to an awful lot now the people who are considered the kind of I suppose biggest stars in the music industry now. Uh, like I, I know a few mus uh, musicians from around uh, the East Cork and I suppose Cork City area as well, who are not best pleased about the way music is uh, promoted and e even produced these days. Uh, what, yeah. what, what's your kind of take on that? Well, first of all, I think music. Say. Like the bigger the, the the bigger stars, like the bigger stars. So like you're Justin Bieber's, whatever the like. It's it's it seems like nearly every rapper out out now has the word Lil before their name. Yeah. Um, Auto Tune man. Auto Tune is mm -hmm. killing this industry because it's as everybody is listening to robots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to sit here and tell a lie. Like yes. I am a singer and I'm a producer. I produce all my own songs. I mix, master and use all my own songs. And yes, there's auto-tune in it because whether what somebody who isn't in this industry or isn't in 
or doesn't have, I suppose, the knowledge that you would learn doing um, music production will never know is that when you are standing in front of a recording microphone and you have something in your ear, every single musician, it's physically impossible to sing in tune. Mm -hmm. Because what you hear in your head is not specifically what you're hearing in your head. Your yeah. brain is your brain is kind of picking up what it wants to hear, and then your mouth is trying to trying to react. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so there is a level of auto tune. Like every song that I've done has a level of auto tune to it. But what it does do is that the auto tune is pulled back so that every now and then, if there's a small leak or pitch in my voice, that will catch it and it will just kind of bring it back to where it's supposed to be. But then what I can do is I could turn that auto-tune all the way up and all of a sudden I'm singing Willie McBride like T-Pain would sing Willie McBride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And that, to me, first of all, is what's is one of the things that's killing the industry. And the second is songs that... Songs that mean nothing. Mm -hmm. That mean nothing. Like, I... like. I, I don't like I don't like to kind of beat beat around this put this dude because I actually think he's a really good musician for what he does. But for example, what in the fuck does a song called Watermelon Sugar have to do with anything? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> we all know we all know that that is about licking vagina, but no no nobody will say that. <laughs> nobody will say that. Then you have. Like, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I'll give you a perfect example. Go for it. We, my band got, and I got, like, uh, succeeded in one of our one of our biggest goals since we became a band this year. We got to play Electric Picnic. Oh, nice. And um, when we did our slot, we had two slots at Electric Picnic. We had one about five o'clock in the day, and then we were finishing off the entire Friday at two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And... Um, in between that, our respective partners wanted us to all go and see um, Dermot Kennedy. Right. So we made our way down to the main stage and we literally saw like grown, grown ass humans <laughs> carrying their children with their, their hands over their ears because who was on before Dermot Kennedy? Megan Thee Stallion. Ah. What's Megan Thee Stallion famous for? Singing about how wet she is. <laughs> oh, God. You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's bad. Like, and if you were bringing your, if you were bringing your 11, 12, 13 year old daughter there specifically to see Dermot Kennedy because she's a huge fan, but you have to sit through that shit first, mm -hmm. you're going to fuck off home. And you know yeah. you are. Oh, 100%. You know? So there's a lot, there's a lot, like I could go, I could, we could spend this entire podcast talking about what's wrong with music and what's killing it. Mm. But it kind of brings me to my to my Harry Styles point. Let's go. And this might divide opinions, but maybe again at, at the end of the day, I'm I like I think everybody at this stage, if you follow me and you know me, I'm extremely honest. Well, that's what we're here for. We we like split opinions. So I'm actually looking forward to this. Yeah, Harry Styles is playing Slain next. Before uh -huh. I get into this, I'm going to ask you, Dylan, what, yes. do you, what is your opinion on Harry Styles playing Slane? I mean, like, I, I so I've only been to Slane once, and that was to see Eminem. And obviously, okay. you know, you were saying you saw Metallica there, and I know, like, you two have played it and stuff. So, like, there's a certain caliber of musician that plays in Slane. And mm. it's quite interesting, like, I mean, obviously, One Direction, you know, made it huge or whatever. And, like, obviously, they're personally not for me, but, like, a lot of people seem to like them. 
Um, and obviously he's doing his solo stuff now. What do I think about it? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I get it in a way, but at the same time, I'm like, wow, like, he's that popular? Okay, so if I was to say it to you, right, now, I I will not stay here and say what I'm about to say and be a hypocrite, okay? Okay. Because I know Eminem is not rock. Yeah. Right? I know that. But I also know that Eminem is... In my in my own personal opinion, Eminem is one of is without a doubt the greatest rapper that ever lived, mm-hmm. ever. And I don't care who's who's watching me, I don't care. Yeah, you can talk about your two packs and you can talk about all them two pack fucking two packs whatever. <laughs> um, or he's the greatest, and he show he show you can tell that you all you have to do is Google Eminem and he has outclassed everybody when it comes to lyrics, when it comes to songs, when it comes to sales, everything. Yeah. Eminem can do what he wants. If Eminem wants to come and sing on top of Leo Varadkar's face, he can do it. Yeah. But in my opinion, Slain is a rock festival. It's a rock gig. Yeah. You think of think of the artists that, that have been at Slain. Like you said, U2, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Queen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Queen. And I know people who are in their 60s, who are retired, that have spent the majority of their lives getting into a camper van, taking the weekend off and going to Slain. Yeah. And that was like their yearly holiday, was going to Slain, listening to some of their favourite bands as they were growing up, getting shit-faced and then going home. There, I know I know people that are not doing that this year because it's Harry fucking Styles. <laughs> yeah. And again... And again, and I really don't. I really want people, people, if people who are listening to this, to know that I'm not knocking Harry Styles. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form, I think he's a class little musician for what he does and for the following he has. And I actually think his his voice is class. Like there's a there's a song, the first song that he actually brought out after he went solo. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, so I just uh, be crying. It'll be uh, that one. Uh, Sign of the Times, um, I think, yeah. Sign of the Times, that's the one. I thought that was unbelievable. It's like listening to David Bowie all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, so I'm not in any way knocking Harry Styles, but Harry Styles could have had Croke Park. Mm-hmm. Harry Styles could have had could have done three or four dates in the three arena and all all the teeny boppers could have come and saw him. <laughs> and leave, leave Slane for us. Leave Slane for us metalheads. Leave Slane for us rock fans. Leave Slane for... The diehards that have gone there every single year and spent their money because their favorite bands were there, and I understand that you're now looking at mu- that music is now looked at in a completely different way. Is that Harry Styles, your Harry Styles, your Justin Bieber's, your Ed Sheeran's? They're all they're the most popular thing in the world. Mm-hmm. If you're and you want to sell out somewhere, you're going to bring in. If you can afford it, obviously you're going to bring in the most popular thing in the world. But Slane yeah. has never had Slane has never had a problem selling tickets. Slane has never had a problem selling t-shirts. Slane has never had a problem selling beer. <laughs> what what's changed? Yeah. What's changed? You that's, know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. You know, I never would have thought <laughs> of that. I never really would have thought of that. I didn't even know he was playing Slane. I'm still like blown away by how popular he as a solo artist has become. Like obviously, as I say, like they were a very popular group and I, you know, I understand why it's not my type of music, but I get what the demographic they were going for was, and it made sense why they got so popular. But like to play well, I mean, as let's, well, I mean, let's be honest, they got so popular because of who was because of who was behind them. Yeah, 
you know what I mean? They got so popular because one of the, like, without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest name in the music industry in the world was behind them, and that's Simon Cowell. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the same with, it's just like, it's the same with back, back when we were growing up. You know what I mean? You had your boys on your Westlife's, say, specifically from this country. Mm-hmm. Especially Westlife, like you had Westlife, like regardless of whether the majority of the country thinks he's a prick or not, they had Louis Walsh behind him. Well, yeah, and Louis Walsh can literally talk the underwear off of a nun, <laughs> and that's the way he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't like. Have you seen Louis Walsh's new boy band? Uh, I don't think so. I have. I took. I actually took a screen. I took a picture of it. I saw them on. I, I was flicking through the telly the other, the other day, and I saw. I saw they were doing an interview on Ireland AM or Ireland one of them. Oh, okay. The one that has the one that has Dahi O'Shea on it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're children. Like literally, like they're act, like they're actually children. I don't think there's one. I don't think any of them are over eighteen. Oh wow! One of them was actually talking about doing his leaving cert. Oh Jesus. You know what I mean, Andy, and like I'm sure, I'm sure they're all great singers. But what? Yeah, like that's. I don't know how I feel about stuff like that. Like in any industry, like people that young being exposed to, like I mean, okay, they're not like at quite a like a big level now. But like I mean, if you're starting that young, eventually you're going to get to that level. And with someone like Louis Walsh, probably sooner rather than later. I, I yeah, stuff like that rubs me the wrong way. I think. Specifically, though, why would it rub you the wrong way? I just don't know. Like, people, I just, just think in case back, people wonder. Like, I mean, so like you said there, one guy was doing what well, he said is leaving. Sir, were they all like roughly 17, 18 or were, were oh, they, they all? They all they all look like they were fresh off their mother's tits. Fair, fair, like fresh. I don't know. Like, I just I think back to when I was that age. And like, I mean, technically, it wasn't that long ago, but like, it feels like a long time ago now. And How old I just, are you, I'm nearly 25. You're 25. In February, yeah. Stop it. So you're still only twenty-four. Uh yeah, right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm ten I'm ten years older than you, my guy. Uh, listen, thirty-five is the new twenty-five. No, it's not. I, come on. No, it's not. Get there. <laughs> Get there, and then you tell me how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think I've been tired since I was like fucking twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I keep cutting you off. Go for it. <laughs> you're grand. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I mean yeah, like I suppose on that point, like if, I, if I'm nearly 25 and if I had like a certain level of fame, I feel like I'd completely collapse. I just don't know if people that young, like I see it with footballers all the time, like people who just get like just too famous too quick, I think. Sometimes it can be, I mean, some people can handle it, others not so much. It just, I don't know, it gives me an uneasy feeling sometimes. Remind remind me later on to, um, there's a song that I'll send you. That you should that you should listen to. It's a fantastic rock song, and it's uh, it kind of it kind of embodies exactly what we're talking about right now. It's not okay. too much, too young, too fast. Oh, and by it was written fucking. Uh, it was uh, by, uh, Airborne. Airborne. Yeah, I have that saved. Yeah, on, yeah I have that song saved. I love, I love that song. Now you think about now, the, like I never actually knew this, but um, if you research that song. That song was played when Heath Ledger killed himself. Oh. That song got so fucking popular after that happened. Right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Shit. Think about it this way. But you think about it this way now, right? So, uh, 
we have like you're 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 25, right? So are you familiar with with um the 27 club? Yeah. Very familiar. Right. <laughs> now, so you think about the legends that are involved that are in that particular order and mm-hmm. God love them all, right? There's only one of them who I don't respect and I'm kind of glad. But it's almost it's almost like there's cert- there's a certain level of fame that hits its peak and the only way that that peak can be in any way immortalized is to die. Yeah. For example, Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Jimmy was such an like Jimmy was a revolutionary when it came to a guitar. Yeah. Jim Jim but Jimmy had done all the weird noises and all the playing guitar with his teeth that he could possibly do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he was always that gone on acid that if like could you imagine Jimi Hendrix alive now? <sighs> with everything that's going on in the world with how fucked up everything is with like like Jimmy Jimmy grew up in Jimmy made, got his his acclaim and his fame in the 60s where anything goes yeah you know what I mean and you imagine Jimi Hendrix being alive now you imagine Kurt Cobain being alive now <sighs> yeah that would be fucking <sighs> could you imagine the shit Kurt Cobain would write about right now yeah you know what I mean he would offend everybody <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, there wouldn't be what Jesus Christ, there wouldn't be one like out of all the 99 genders, he would offend 160 of them. Oh, god, because he, he would, because he wouldn't care. Oh, yeah, you know That's what I mean? True. No, but then, yeah, right. but, but like we're going off into a little bit of a tangent here, but it's and I kind of love it because like, I do too. It's 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 the weirdest thing, and especially when it comes to music, because it's like certain things have to happen. For other things to happen, you know what I mean. Like yeah. if Jimi Hendrix was still alive, I can almost guarantee you there would have been no such thing as Prince. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, it's a strong because but a, if, accurate statement. Just, it is, it is, and it's again my own opinion. But yeah, if Kurt Cobain was still alive, there'd be no such thing as the Foo Fighters. I would agree with that hundred percent because Dave Grohl would still be Nirvana's drummer. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's another way of thinking. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, spot on. See, it's all about, and that's the way it is, man. It's like, and but then, like, when you like, how, like, you think about it this way. To go back to our our original point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a dude, there's a gentleman in America, and I'm trying to think of his fucking name. He did that song with Billy Ray Cyrus. Do you know that fucking uh, Old Town Road? I'm song? trying to. Th- what's, yeah. his na- what's his name? I'm trying to fucking. Yeah, I know the one you're on about. I can't think like, of his name. His 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 name definitely starts with Lil. I yeah, definitely. I heard it. Little Nas, Little Nas X, or Little Nas something. Something like that. Yeah, I just not something my like that. It's not my style. But he did yeah. he, like, he, but he did a song like say with Billy Ray Cyrus, and he did, it was like it was it was like this generation's idea of what a country song would be, right? Yeah, and. The very next song he did was him on his own in a pair of asses chaps twerking on the devil. (laughs) And then for the rest of his life now, Billy Ray Cyrus has to go, why the fuck am I after doing this song with this guy? Yeah. Regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then then you have, um, like, I'm a huge fan of um, 
Lewis Capaldi. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of him because I think he is a stone cold nut job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to put too fine a point on it, but he's a stone cold nut job with a with a talent that he doesn't know he has. Yeah. Like, have you seen the new song that he did? I've I've heard it. Yeah. Dude, you need to check out the video. He has complete. He has done the entire tra- club Tropicana video from Wham. Oh really? <laughs> in his in in a pair of bo- in a pair of briefs with oh. his little belly hanging out, and I mean oh it is God. one of the greatest videos, one of the greatest videos you'll ever see. It's it's the Club Tropicana video. Only every single scene that had George Michael in it is is done by Louis Capaldi. Wow! And shit. it is it is phenomenal, phenomenal, but. He is he's another dude who I think number one he's a he's a mid, a ridiculously talented songwriter. Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh 100%. But then you have you have Lewis Capaldi who will come on to TikTok or come on to Instagram and he'll say whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. Unless you ask him his opinion on something. <laughs> then all of a sudden he's got nothing to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you ask, you ask, um, Ozzy Osbourne, or you ask Keith Richards his opinion on anything, and Keith Richards will give you a twenty-minute spiel about how he hates exactly what you just asked him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I, I think that again, that not to not to talk over you or anything. Yeah, granted, I think that as well. I think that as well is also ruining music because it's it seems these days it seems that the littlest thing the littlest thing yeah will get you cancelled yeah the like th- that's that's actually funny you say that that's what i was about to say i think that's the way the world has gone anyway um yeah. unfortunately but like yeah i do think with, especially with music like it's such a like it's because I mean like everyone likes music like you know to, of course and everyone's some, entitled to, to like the genres of music that they like of course uh, yeah 100% and that's why like unfortunately when like the world changes to times like now which I think are bleak in a lot of ways I think it does have a reflection on on, the, on that industry especially yeah and would you consider the times we're living in now bleak uh, yeah in, in a lot of ways yeah to be honest Okay, give me give me two examples. Uh, I think one example I, I spoke about it on this show recently. I just think that there are certain views that get looked down on to the point where people are considered to be horrible human beings if they don't see things exactly how a certain minority group see them. Uh, and I am one of those people who. Right. Well, you're talking. You're talking to like one. What probably the single most don't give a fuck human in Ireland right now. So give me an example. I just think this whole gender bullshit is. I just. I don't get it. I don't. Yes. Get, I don't get. Yes. Where I was wondering whether we were going to be allowed to talk about this. Oh, like the last two episodes or three episodes, I think that's essentially what I've been talking about. And I hate to peel back the curtain here, but this fucking meeting thing is running out here on Zoom. So this is like. This is just me peeling back the curtain. We're going to stop this meeting and we're going to start yeah. up a new one and we're going to have this Part two. discussion. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. We're back. All good. Sorry about that. Zoom is a prick. But uh, on yeah, the welcome point... back to welcome back to part two of Straight Out Klein. Dylan didn't pay for, for Zoom premium, so we have to do like 40 minutes per half. There you go. 
there you go. It's it's pe- peeling back the curtain. Where people are getting <laughs> the behind the scenes view of Straight Outta Clyde now. Yeah, it's time to offend some people. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I don't get how grown adults, and we are talking people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, are debating the fact that there's two... They're trying to say there's more than two genders, and they're trying to say that gender and sex are two different things. Where did this come from? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, well, before we, like... I from from my perspective, just there now, it seems like you have uh way more than that to say about this. So allow me to turn the tide on you. Go ahead. This is your podcast, but I'm gonna throw some rapid fire questions at you. Go go for it. Number one, in your and again. Again, 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 again. While uh, just for anybody who's listening to this, this is the opinion of two men, uh-huh. not y'all. So if you want it, so stay off the high horses and just <laughs> just enjoy what we're what we're about to talk about. Um, in just your opinion, right? Your opinion. Yeah. How many gen? How many genders are there? Two. How many sexes are there? Two. Okay. How many humans are there? Lots, billions. <laughs> Billions, right? According to the last world census, right? There's about there's just over seven and a half billion people in the world, right? Uh huh. Now, the I don't in any way, in any way, shape, or form agree with this whole "there's a hundred genders" thingy and that gender and sex is two different things, right? Yeah. But the one thing I do agree with is that for as I'd say for as long as I suppose if you're religious for as long as Jesus was there, or if you're not religious back when the dinosaurs died, um, this world has been insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it and it has. Like you think about it. Like I always do try to look at stuff with the biggest amount of logic that a humanly can, right? Uh-huh. So next question. Do you believe, do you believe you're born you're born with your with sexual orientation. So, for example, you're born straight, gay, bisexual, whatever. Yeah, I I don't think this is something that you choose. To be honest, I think it's just like I mean, I think it like you know you find out obviously the older you get, but I don't think you sit there and go, you know what, I'm gay or I'm I'm I like I like men and women. I think like I don't think it's a ch- a choice per se. Okay. And do you believe that if, like, say, for example, I came on to this podcast with you, right? Uh-huh. And I was on Facebook. Like, I'm sure you've seen it. There's a dude on Facebook who hit this lad. He's blonde. He has a little beard. I'm really sure he was on the Late Late Show once. He literally, he is just ripped to shreds, like just abs that you could grate cheese off. But his whole TikTok is like women opening the door and he's there. Have right. you seen this guy? Uh, I probably ha- I don't I haven't used Facebook in fucking ages, but I've no, probably it's, it's he he became famous. He he got this on TikTok. Oh, okay, you probably stumbled across it. So if I ever come across him, I'll send them to you. Right, but to do, um, like he like just say I was one of them. I was this big manly masculine lad, and I didn't give a fuck about 
any anybody but me and fucking bitches and taking cocaine and stuff like that. And then I come on to this podcast and I said to you, but deep down, Dylan, deep down, I've always wanted to know what it feels like to have a vagina. Oh, my God. Now, that brings me to my next question. Yes. Right? Do you believe that if I was to turn around and say, I've always wanted to know what it feels like to have a vagina, and now I know someone somewhere in the world can let me know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Do you agree or do you disagree that that's a choice that as that as long as I'm not hurting or offending anybody, yeah. I should be able to make? So, like, when it comes to, like, that's obviously coming towards the transgender um, mm-hmm. side of things. And what mm-hmm. I would say there is that grown adults can make whatever decision they want. And I think Absolutely. that if a person feels like that they were born in the wrong body and that they feel like that transitioning is the way they want to go, then listen, do whatever you want. I, I, I'm, more, I'm more on board with the fact that someone born in a man's body is, you know, m- mentally probably more of, you know, they, they, they have more feminine thoughts or whatever. I don't know what mm-hmm. the, the right terminology is. If they want to go and transition, I think by all means, go ahead. Okay. Here's why I... Why I not why I agreed to be involved in this particular conversation with you mm-hmm. is because I agree with that wholeheartedly. I I agree with that. If you are born in, if you are born a man, and as you're growing up or as you're like, you're finding yourself, and you decide, okay, I've I'm I'm in a man's body, but I feel like I should have been a woman. There's now a, there's now a genuine way that I can actually become that and be happier in myself. Caitlin fucking Jenner, for example. Uh-huh. Um, but what I don't agree with, what I don't agree with, and I've and I've bona fidely seen this. I don't agree with someone who has a child, who has a little girl, mm-hmm. or has a little boy, and will openly come on to their Facebook or openly come on to their whatever and go they. Mm-hmm them that's just now again that's just my opinion I have two little boys mm-hmm. two little boys that are my boys they're my brutes they're my little monsters yeah if when they grow up they turn around to me and said da look either da I'm gay or da I feel like I should have been a girl or whatever way somebody who feels like they need to they, they would like to transition talks about obviously I've never actually I've spoken to transgender people but never yep. in regards to how they actually came about it and um, obviously I would find every single possible avenue to give them the most amount of information and help them to achieve whatever's going to make them the happiest because they're my child they're my that's my responsibility until the day I till the day they put me in the ground that's the only responsibility they have to me right but somebody who will have a little boy or have a little girl and say that's not a little boy. That's not a little girl. That's a general neutral thing. And I should I I find it offensive that because that child has a penis, you're calling them a boy. Yeah. I find I find I think I think that's that's the biggest load of bullshit propaganda I've ever heard in my life. I I I can't literally cannot agree more. Like it's just it's funny because I think I spoke about this on here a few weeks ago. One of my friends got mad at me because they told me that 
you can't just choose what parts of the LGBT community you support. But mm. what the, there's two funny things about that. The first one is, okay, so you can't choose what parts of this you support, but if you want to choose your gender or to not have a gender, then that's fine, apparently. And the well, second I can give thing... you, I oh, can give you the perfect, I can give you the perfect answer to anybody who says that. Uh-huh. If anybody ever says to me, you you don't get to choose what part of the LGBTQ X Y W M N N O P fucking um uh, like society or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I my answer to that would be, um, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> Second of all, I can support them. I just don't have to agree with them. Very true. You know what I mean? I can support yeah. them because they're grown ass adults and they can do whatever the fuck they want. It's not my business to tell somebody what to what to do. Exactly. But when they're trying to force it down my neck on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok every single day, mm. doesn't mean I doesn't I I'm entitled to my opinion as well. I'm entitled to say, okay, yeah, you do you, but it doesn't mean I have to sit here and listen to it. Exactly. Exactly. That's the way it is. Like I mean, I I went to college with someone who. Um, it's like this is where the original argu- argument came from with uh, with my friend, and it was funny, like because I said that that person, obviously, I won't mention their name because I'm fairly sure they listen to this show, but uh, I remember I said that, like, yeah, like she has a right to say she wants to do that. I also have a right to say no, I don't subscribe to that ideology, just like a lot of people don't subscribe to you know religious ideologies like it's mm. there's not much of a difference like people can do what they want to do but it doesn't we'll mean say, we'll, everybody we'll, else has we'll, to agree we'll definitely it. we'll definitely save religion for the next podcast <laughs> that's that's another four or five hour long fucking fucking recording that we'll end up doing that could be yeah that that would definitely be an interesting one actually you, oh, because God, of alex yeah. you yeah. you and him because i have a feeling you'll have different opinions on that that could that could be an interesting one down the line. Oh, dude i have debate i literally have fiery debates with my own father over the shit <laughs> Well, now you got the platform for it. So, oh fuck yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah! But at the well, at the moment, I, like, let me get to Andrew Tate style fame before I start offending everybody. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he was a fucking. That was a weird. I had never heard of that man up until like I don't know, however many months ago it was when he got yeah. popular, and now all of a sudden he's like one of the most famous people on the planet. But the thing is, though, like this is. Remember earlier on we were talking about how easy how easy it is to get cancelled. Yeah. Andrew T- in my opinion, like I was the exact same as everybody else. I was like, oh my God, will somebody please bitch slap the baldy head off this lad? <laughs> because all I was all I was hearing was the same thing that everybody was hearing was the 30 second snippets of the four hour long podcast that he was doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And when like I don't don't ask me why. Don't ask me why, because I I don't know. But I love Pierce Morgan. I'd like him too, to be honest. I love him, even though with the whole Ronaldo shit, he's a stone cold hypocrite. Oh well, yeah, hundred percent. But we'll talk. We will if if you're st- if you're fancy being here for another couple hours, we'll talk about that too. But <laughs> like after Ronaldo left United, he put out a fucking. There was a huge article up up that Piers Morgan wrote that he was a crybaby, he was a money grabbing scumbag, all this stuff. And then now it's Ronaldo wants to have his say. I'm going to let him do that. But mm-hmm. when it came to when it came to Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate just after. He got cancelled. I remember I sat down and I watched a f- like a two hour long video of him sitting in his house in front of his fireplace trying to explain himself. Yeah. 
And then I did a lot more research on him and I found out like there was a specific video that was put out on, I think it was put out on TMZ mm-hmm. and it was blurred and it was of him and a girl and him talking some shit. And then all you could hear was like this, like the slap noise and her yeah. crying and him like, didn't I say this to you? And didn't I tell you to shut up and all this stuff? And then this particular chick came out and said, we were sex playing. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, he was on Big Brother, I think, when that was happening. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what she said. She said, we were sex playing and we recorded it. How the fuck it got leaked, I've no idea. But like, that was sex play. Uh-huh. And I know people who kicked the shit out of each other during sex. <laughs> but it's just, it's the context. You know what I mean? If somebody yeah. puts up that one, somebody puts up that 10 second video of that slap noise and her crying and him saying, didn't I tell you to shut the fuck up? He's the most hated cunt in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he went on to Pierce Morgan, and in fairness, Pierce threw fucking everything at him and mm. barely even let him speak. Yeah. Like how he didn't like just draw back and roundhouse kick Pierce Morgan in the jaw <laughs> so a couple of times at, at that and during that interview. I've ne- he, like that was just amazing. But he said everything that he wanted to say and he said everything that he needed to say. And then to me, it was like, okay, all the anger that I had for him and all the, all what I wanted to do to him in a personal and violent way kind of went away. Yeah. Because everything had finally been put into the context that it wasn't in for the eight, 12 months that he became the most famous man in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, it's really true. I, then, yeah, that interview was, he, as you say, he did carry himself pretty well in that interview. I think he yeah, deserved a lot of credit for that, whether you like then him or you not. See, but then you see, I, somehow there's something in me, there's something in me that is believing that a lot of it was staged. Really? Oh, there is. And I'll give you, I'll give you my timeline, right? Go ahead. We have Andrew Tate, a former MMA fighter, mm-hmm. right? Who does not fight professionally anymore, mm-hmm. right? Becomes the single most hated and famous man in the world for for at least 12 months. Yeah. Gets cancelled from everything. Everything. There's not one platform that will have him on it anymore. Yeah. Pierce Morgan brings him on, lets him do an interview, almost brings some of his of his um civility back to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the second most hated man in the world and the first most hated man in the world step right into the middle of a camera together and it's Jake Paul versus Andrew Tate. That is, I tell you what, as far as like, I mean, booking goes, as we would say in the wrestling world, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's like the perfect. That's a, a storyline for your ass. That's Vince would be all over that shit, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it? That's. Well, the only problem is, is that Vince would probably dress one of them as a clown. <laughs> but, um, but just think, but think about it that way. Think about like the fact that Jake Paul has spent like the majority of his, the majority, like all of his boxing career, fighting no one. Yeah. There is no way in hell, in hell. That if that fight wasn't rigged, Anderson Silva wasn't slapping the fuck out of that kid. You think? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Anderson Silva, oh, like, 
everybody was talking about, oh yeah, but he hasn't been the same since he broke his leg and he's retired and he's an old man and stuff like that. He's still one of the great. That's that's literally like saying that fucking uh fifty year old Bruce Lee doesn't still know every single thing he's learned for his whole life. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I I guess I get the point. I think I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm not saying that anybody who thinks that is wrong. All I'm gonna say is I just I need to see Jake fight a boxer. He's fought retired mixed martial artists who are past mm-hmm. their prime. He's fought mm-hmm. basketball players. Mm-hmm. I can't decide he's how fought, I feel he's about him. Podcasters. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? He's never fought a boxer. And then when he was gonna fight a boxer in Tommy Fury, he pulled out of it. Yeah. And tried to blame it on Tommy. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Tommy won't, an- Tommy won't answer my phone. Tommy won't answer my email. Tommy has a broken ankle. No, bitch, you pulled out. Yeah, and like, you know what this, I mean? this, this is, I feel like I'll never fully be able to make up my mind about him as a boxer. As a promoter, all the respect in the world for him for what he's doing, and same with Logan, but like, as a boxer, I, I, I need to see him fight an actual boxer that's Absolutely. in his prime. Absolutely, and you know what? That perfectly, that perfectly segues us into this. Uh-huh. What have you made of Logan's rest, Logan's WWE run? I mean, like it's I'm so jealous of him that he is that good at something that he's like done what twice, three times now. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it, like listen, he he's he's got a an amateur wrestling background. Like he obviously he's very athletic. We we saw him box. Like we knew he was a good athlete. But like I mean, to get the psychology that well to the point where you're main eventing against Roman Reigns, who's been the top guy now for you know, however many years, both as a, a you know a, a rejected babyface and now the most beloved heel, and, and, and like to do it in front of that crowd, it's you can't teach that. You can't teach what he has. It's 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 ridiculous. But like, fair okay. play to him. Okay, but allow me to throw uh, allow me to throw a metaphorical monkey wrench into your into your theory, right? Uh huh. Just because before. Like when Logan Paul did the tag team match with the Miz, yeah, first first match that he did, right? He was good. Mm-hmm. He was good. I won't say he was awesome, but he was good. He carried himself. He did the match very well. Um, then the match that he did, uh, his second match was against the Miz. If I'm not, if I'm SummerSlam, yeah, SummerSlam, yeah, and he was he was better. Yeah, he was better. He was he was still. You can still tell by him he was green, right? But he he was better. But then all of a sudden, right, when the Roman Reigns, when they started teasing the Roman Reigns uh, match, we were seeing training videos. Yeah. Right? We were seeing um, little snippets. We were seeing about him calling out Roman Reigns. We were seeing about all this. When was the last time, the last time Logan Paul stepped into a boxing match? Who did he fight you? His last boxing match. That was, was that Floyd? Was his last boxing match Floyd or was his last boxing match Mike Tyson? Did he fight Mike Tyson? No, he didn't. But who, who, before he did Triple H and before he did Shawn Michaels, there was only one man that has anything to do with the WWE that has been on Logan Paul's podcast, and that's Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, how the right? fuck did I miss him fight Tyson? Now, you think about it this way. How do we know that since that Floyd Mayweather fight, he hasn't been training? Well, how do, how do we know? Because as as you know, especially during the Vince era, mm-hmm. 
The Vincera, with the Vincera, it was almost, especially for the last maybe, I'm going to say 15 years. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter what it was, we could find out anything before yeah. it happened. Well, yeah. The o- I think the only surprise that has happened, in my opinion, in the last 15 years was that WrestleMania where the Hardys came back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was rumors, but that blew my head off. Yeah. Because that, that entire year of wrestling was almost ruled by the New Day. And I don't like them. Oh, really? I don't like them, which means that particular year, I almost, I watched it. But I'm very Jim Cornette. I will skip through everything I don't want to watch. Right. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I, and I, without fail, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, I'll sit there and I will watch it from start to finish. Uh-huh. That, I, this, I mean, the second the Hardys music happened, like kicked off at that WrestleMania, I remember dancing around my sin. Yeah. I because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Even lay, even say the most recent one, for like, how can like how can you get how can you get a massive pop anymore if you're doing so much teasing? Mm-hmm. So, like, the best example I could possibly I could possibly give you was Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin WrestleMania last year. Yeah. Kevin Owens spent four months dissing Texas. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Literally dissing Texas. He wasn't going to call out JBL. <laughs> Imagine. He wasn't. Imagine. He wasn't, though. He wasn't going to call out JBL. He wasn't going to call out Shawn Michaels because poor old Shawn, after that debacle with oh. him and Triple H against The Undertaker and yeah. fucking Kane. Shawn Michaels, will ne- Shawn Michaels will never put on a pair of wrestling boots again. And thank God he for wasn't, that. But he wasn't. He was going to call out Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know what I mean? Stone Cold hasn't done a podcast since who? Bianca Belair? Uh, yeah, I think that was the last one, yeah. Was Bianca the last one? Sammy. He did one with Sammy, I think, as well. Sammy Zayn. How's Might he done, done one with Sammy? Yeah, he did one. That was. I remember it was released the same day Vince retired. I have not watched that. I haven't either. <laughs> I, I, I was going to, then Vince retired and I forgot about it. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, okay, probably a lot of people who didn't. <laughs> si- si- side question though, side question though, how, like you're 25 years of age, how long have you been watching wrestling? Oh God, since as long as I can remember. Okay, were you sad when you heard? When I heard about Vince? Yeah. I was shocked. Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was really surreal because I was, refereeing a show the next day and Scotty Too Hotty was going to be on it so it was like my attention was like it was I was trying to focus on this huge news about Vince McMahon but also I'm like I'm meeting Scotty Too Hotty tomorrow so I feel like I should probably be focused on that as well and that's another poor whore who's currently in in, in the backfire of something now. oh yeah about that? yeah it's because he doesn't want to wrestle women it's so fucking stupid and like thankfully like there's female wrestlers here in Ireland who said that like Scotty Tuhati, anytime he's approached them about that, like Session Matt Martina, who's like the top female wrestler in the country and has I think been. she's class. Oh, she's a fucking great class. girl. Great girl. And she's such a great talent. And she said yeah. when she was approached about wrestling Scotty Tuhati, he couldn't have been nicer when he explained why he doesn't want to wrestle her. And she had yeah. absolutely zero problem with it. 
But it's true. Like, this is a dude who spent the better part of the year as one of as part of one of the biggest babyface groups of the Attitude Era, which was too cool with Rikishi, right? Yeah. And now, yes, he's he's put he's he's gone he's gone past fifty. He's slower. He's older. He's wiser. But he's still he's still Scotty too high. He was still yeah. like he's still in my eyes. He was still I I always remember that fucking just that image of the three of them. The, the shades on, the hands go up, the hands go down, the lights go down, and all of a sudden they're bopping. I lot that that's in that's embedded in my head. Yeah. But to ask someone like that, that's like asking, like, what once we're finished with with our with our WWE talk, I I want I, if you, if it's okay with you, and if you if you actually have if you have time tonight, I do want to talk a little bit about AEW. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> but that's like asking. Uh, say how the best way I could possibly put this would be like asking Jim Ross to color commentate a wrestling match in Dublin. Yeah, in my eyes, asking possibly one like in my eyes the greatest, but one mm. of the greatest announcers who ever did it. But the voice of the attitude there. Yeah. To come over to Dublin with fucking that inside the ropes, dude. And Kenny McIntosh, like, yeah. Yeah, and with all due respect to him, and I love what he does, but um and with any Jim, come here, we've a show there that's gonna have thirty people in it in Dunn stores. Any chance you'd 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 colour commentate for it? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Jim would spray. Jim literally would spray his hot sauce in your eyes and tell you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he would. And but when, but then to go back to the original point, I was as I wasn't sad, but like yourself, I was shocked because it was almost like, does the WWE now care more about what number one, what money they make, uh-huh. number two, what sponsors they have. And number three about their own reputation, like regard, like the WWE's reputation, completely proceed, like like overshadowed, overshadows the company in my in my eyes. Yeah, because people who have watched the WWE WWF mm-hmm. from as long as say I've watched it, like my dad watched, like I'm the reason I watched it is my dad and my uncle, right? Yeah, and he was he was very much your Hulk Hogan's your warriors you know what i mean yeah um, and then as i started watching it it was the it was the um they had headed for their greener pastures of wcw it was all of a sudden you had your sean michaels is coming up you know what i mean you had um just coming out of being stunning steve austin steve austin you know what i mean you yeah bret hart bret hart just starting to become a bitch <laughs> yeah and you know what I mean? You had like, you had the Undertaker, but uh, like a dead man Undertaker who would still talk and tell you he's going to kick the shit out of you. Yeah. You had um, Psycho Sid being a weird, a weirdly large moron. But all of a sudden then it kind of started to transition as we, to what we now know as the, as the attitude era. When all of this was pushed to the side. All of this, okay, Hulk Hogan's gone. 
the warrior's gone. So these superheroes are now gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These superheroes that are going to attract all these kids. And once you attract all these kids, that means all these kids' parents are going to pay you money to come and see these superheroes. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it started to become the attitude era and it started to become, okay, maybe, maybe, if we have the likes of Stone Cold Steve Austin, who in fairness is not the best looking cunt in the world, <laughs> he's not. Not particularly, but, no. No, but back then he was rather rugged and handsome and he was like kicking the shit out of everybody and like chicks seemed to dig that. But then you have your pretty boys, you have your Shawn Michaels and your Triple H and you know what I mean? Those two boys coming out being sexual and being nice like that and literally getting women to show their boobs on live TV and stuff like that. Yeah. That then started to draw the, the, in my opinion, the audience that Vince really wanted was the 20, like to say the 18 to 35 year olds. Yeah. Because kids, kids aren't going to, kids themselves aren't going to buy t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Kids themselves aren't going to buy beer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Parents who are standing there with their entire family of four to six kids are not going to buy beer. Mm -hmm. They're not because they have to drive home and take care of their kids. Yeah. But if you have 14,000 college kids in that stadium that can drink, that can drink, that can show their boobs, that can be <laughs> rowdy, that's what's good. They're going to drink themselves stupid. They're going to buy your T-shirts. They're going to buy Austin's T-shirts because they're class. They're going to buy DX's T-shirts. They're going to buy all the merchandise. They're going to stand there. They're going to be as loud as possible because they're all drunk. Yeah. The reactions, the money. But now... The reason that I was so shocked about Vince leaving was because this is nothing fucking new. Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon has been one of the biggest adulterers in real life ever. <laughs> ever. Like, literally, the dude tried to rape Trish Stratus on live TV for a storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he suggested a fucking thing for Stephanie to get pregnant with his child. Yes. He suggested, like, literally, he suggested that he would impregnate Stephanie. Yeah. Literally. He has done so many things and probably paid off so many people. But now, because of the fact that, as we all know, it's a public, publicly traded company and they're trying to make as much money as possible. And I, I firmly believe and... I don't know whether anybody's actually going to agree with this, even yourself. I firmly believe Vince McMahon had to go for this Saudi Arabia deal to stay going. I think, you know what? I, I, would, I never thought of it that way, but I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, like when, like you, like we've had what now? We've had two Saudi Arabia shows? Uh, three, three Saudi Arabia three shows. Three from the last year, yeah. Because we had the first one, which was DX. No, the first one was Undertake, Undertaker Goldberg. Uh, was that it? Was, the first one was in 2018. That was uh, main event. That was the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes, yeah, it was. But say since they started doing, Jesus, what is the fucking show even called now? What Crown Jewel? Crown Jewel. Yeah. So, say you had. DX versus the Brothers of Destruction, then your main events were um, Undertaker versus Goldberg. Yeah. And then obviously this one. Mm -hmm. But if you notice, number one, number one, um, the entire allure of the female wrestlers is gone when they're over there because they're completely covered from head to toe. 
Yeah. Because God forbid any skin gets shown <laughs> apart from their face. I'm actually surprised that they're all not told to wear hijabs coming out to the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if yeah. you have somebody running this place who was an adulterer, who has openly, openly mocked God for a storyline, you know what I mean? The yeah. amount of horribleness that Vince McMahon has done in the in the aid of furthering the business and to create storylines, there is no way he could stay there if this Saudi or Saudi Arabia deal was going to go on. And this Saudi Arabia deal is something like a hundred million a show. Oh yeah, they're making a fuck ton from it. Like it's you know from these mean? Saudi shows alone. Yeah, just just from the Saudi show, they're being given a hundred million alone for mm-hmm. the one show. Yeah, and they don't even sell tickets. Yeah, it's literally be there or we'll murder you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is. And I'm I am sorry, but no no one is going to turn down a hundred million to go over there. Apart now, I. One of the things I suppose I res- like I respect about it is that Sami Zayn won't go over. Yeah, well he can't really. Because Sami can't because he's a Muslim. Yeah. So, but when you go over there, I believe that that is just that show. Just just that show is the WWE's way of pandering to their biggest financial gain. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you want this. We'll give you do this. We'll give you a hundred million. Yeah. Okay. You cover up those women. We'll give you a hundred million. Okay. You get rid of the man who created this. We'll give you a hundred million. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because none of it. Because none of Vince had got Vince hadn't got any running of that of that company in years because it went public and it became a board of directors and it became all all like all that kind of stuff and there was no way that financially they were going to be able to continue that. With so much red tape wrapped around Vince. Yeah. It would be impossible. Impossible. Yeah. But to move on, like from that, how do you sit? How it's been what now? Three going on three months? Uh, yeah. Well, it was July, I think it was. Yeah. Was it July? Late July, I'm sure. Yeah. Cause uh, that was uh, the last Phoenix show was in July. So yeah, would have been July when he left. Wow. Wow. So just just shy of four months, uh, pretty much, yeah. And um, how do you think? How do you think Triple H is doing? I think he's he's done well. Like, I was at Clash at the Castle, uh, which was the first like show he had built up to pay per view wise, mm-hmm. and like that was a great. That was the pay per view was great. The few days we had in Cardiff were great. And you know what? That's something as well. That not to go over you, but that's yeah. something as well. But did you see the amount of interviews pre show that Triple H did in England for that? Oh, he did. Yeah, I did loads. Yeah. I have never seen Vince do that. No. Ever. Yeah. No matter where they were in the world. Yeah. No, that was... I've uh... never seen Vince. I've never seen Vince actually step out and promote a show, an upcoming show himself. Yeah. I, I, and yeah, to be fair, I think that's like, I mean, you see Dana White do it all the time in the UFC. So I don't know, is that just the way... Do I count WWE as a combat ah! sport organization? Yeah, I will. Fuck it. Um, You know, all combat kind of promoters are starting to do that more. So I think he's he's adapted quite well in that sense. I think the product has been quite good um since he took over. Um I hate doing this again, but the fucking meeting, the time has gone so fast. I'm gonna probably have to send over another meeting. Ha! Why well, not? Let's do it. Fuck it, let's do it. BRB. I'm enjoying this. Same. <laughs> right, we're back again. So sorry about that. 
Um, but uh, what was I saying? Triple H, yeah, since Triple H took over, I think the product has been like at first this was always going to happen. Like there was a lot of returns when he initially took over. Um, yeah, like return after return after return. The returns are the most exciting thing in wrestling. Like they just there. Um, when they're done makes... right. When they're done right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I think yeah. that's why like like the Royal Rumble is only around the corner and. People are obviously there's speculation about Cody coming back, and I know Matt Cardona. Well, I mean, is... Cody, like that's that's kind of something that um, I only thought of. I only got a chance to actually watch Survivor Series last night. Uh, yeah, and there was a massive, like a massive like, ad promo for Cody Rose. I was like, he's but he's definitely coming back in the Rumble. Oh, 100 percent. 100%. And I'm looking forward to seeing him back. It's a shame. Is it's, I mean, a lot of momentum after he returned and obviously then the injury happened and to go out with that match against Seth Rollins with that fucking injury was just... What a fucking way ludicrous. to well, It was ludicrous. Unbelievable. That match should not have happened. No. No. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised he got cleared for that, to be honest. Mm. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, there were so many returns at first and then after Bray Wyatt, which was like the, the big one... Obviously, it kind of calmed down a bit, and some people were quite critical of it. But I mean, I think WWE have had one of their strongest years for a while, even before Triple H took over. But I think I, I appreciate that he's kept some of the stuff going that was working, and that he's put his own spin on it. So overall, I would yeah. say so far so good. Well, I would say like I I almost feel dirty saying this, mm-hmm. But for the first time since I've been watching wrestling, I can happily, openly, and defiantly say SmackDown is better. Oh, 100%. It is. Way it, better. First, first of all, Raw desperately needs to go back down to two hours. Yeah, I agree. Desperately. Number two, just just on Raw, um, Austin Theory. This, I this is going to be an interesting one because I yeah I I leave you go first yeah. go first go ahead I I liked this dude when when he when he was when he was finally brought up to the main roster I liked him right uh-huh. but I the dude was given the wrong kind of push right. in my in my opinion yeah because he became. He became the he became the golden boy. He became Vince's literally Vince's little pet project, right? Yeah. But because the fact of the fact that Vince decided in his infinite I'm now senile wisdom <laughs> that he was him himself was going to um be uh in front of camera basically promoting the shit out of Austin Theory. Yeah. When everything happened with Vince, all it took was that one line from Roman Reigns, Daddy's not here no more. Yeah. And that's Austin Theory dead. That's him dead. There he'll he will in my opinion, he will ne- he will never ever be the star that he could have been if he wasn't pushed so hard by Vince. I yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. What I will say is like, I mean, Austin Theory's my age. You know, he's he's a really, really young guy. And yeah. he is he's he's talented. Like he's he's a really good worker. I oh, I'm, I and I I would never I that's one thing. I yeah. 
he's very talented and he's good at what he does. Yeah. I just, I, I just can, ne I can never see anybody, I can never see anybody respecting, um, any character they give him from now till he retires or till he eventually goes to AEW. I, I'm gonna disagree. I, I respect where it's coming from, but I'll disagree because that's what this is about, man. Disagree with me at least on a couple of things. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like with with this one, like I think that. <laughs> The way Triple H has even told the story with Survivor Series, and okay, he's the US champion now, Austin Theory, and yeah, like yeah. it was obviously a fluke element to it, but I think if you can tell the story right over a long period of time, because time is on his side, he's a young guy, he's of course, 24, yeah, 25, I think eventually if you can come to that culmination where he becomes the champion, I, I think if you can do it right, it, it will work, but that's, that's the, I don't want to say the fear, because I mean, like Triple H in NXT proved that he can do long-term storytelling. It's just a case now of whether he can do it on the main roster. Yeah. I think if they play the cards right and he can, you know, I, I don't even know what the right word is. I suppose if he can keep developing as a performer and as a character and maybe tap into that emotional side a bit more as time goes on, I, I could see it happening. I mean, the, like Miz fucking botched a promo from like, what was that thing called? The Diva Search. Like yeah. I don't think anyone at that stage thought, well, this guy's going to win the WWE title twice and main event WrestleMania. Honestly, God, like, yeah, honestly, pe God. people have people I think have come back from worse. So I I I think <clears throat> I get where the criticism comes from, but I I I think he can still be a big star. I see. Here's but the, the I suppose the ultimate question with him mm. is is there longevity to him? You know what I mean? Because at the moment, I don't see I don't see that I don't see there being longevity to him because. Of the fact that, right, say after Vince left, Roman hit him with that line, Daddy's not here no more. All yeah. of a sudden, for a good, I mean, for a good two or three months, he was buried. He was losing every match. They took the money in the bank off him. Yeah. And then, obviously, Survivor Series, he wins the, um, he wins the, he wins the US title, right? Mm -hmm. Is there longevity to him? Like if you like, as you say, Triple H is really good, and he proved it in NXT of of doing storylines that could that could last the amount of time that it's needed for Austin Theory to maybe develop himself into either a relatively liked and respected babyface or a over an overly hated heel. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, but. I see, like, first of all, once the line happened with Roman Reigns and then, of course, Johnny Gargano coming out and bitch slapping him, then Roman or, um, not fuck, excuse me, um, Kevin Owens coming out and bitch slapping him. Yeah. Like, it's like they tried three things specifically. The big, the biggest heel in, in the, in the, in the entire industry right now is Roman Reigns. Yeah. Roman Reigns completely destroyed him with that line. Destroyed him. Because for the next six weeks, you could not see Austin Theory without a Who's Your Daddy chant coming out. Yeah. Then John, um, Johnny Gargano came back, right? Yeah. And Johnny comes out and obviously Austin stood there with his money in the bank and he tried to be Billy Big Balls and Austin bitch slapped him. Mm -hmm. Which again, loses credibility for whatever kind of push he was supposed to have. Then Kevin Owens comes out a couple of weeks later, 
stands there and tries to motivate the shit out of him. And all he does was stick up his little muscle and go, I'm better than you. I'm better looking. All this shite. And Kevin Owens bitch slapped him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's like, he's, he, to me, to me, I've seen nothing in him that can prove any form of number one, longevity and number two, um, likability to him regardless of whether he's a baby face or he's a heel because like there's heel like there's heels in the the entire industry now that I love there's yeah. heels that I hate there's baby faces that I love there's baby faces that I hate like in my like I I I hate to kind of jump the gun here for what we're talking about but could you imagine could you imagine a storyline with Roman Reigns versus MJF I mean, yeah, it would be fucking fire. Could uh, you, you know fucking I mean? imagine? It would but be great. Could you, but could you imagine a storyline Roman Reigns versus Austin Theory? See, I can with the right storytelling. I'm not saying like in no, the next now, year or right so. now, right, right now, right now. No, could you imagine not. it right now? No, definitely not. Right. So, if if in if I was Triple H, if I was Triple H, mm -hmm. well, first of all, let me ask you a question. Yeah, who do you think? You personally, whether he be out injured, who we know who we're talking about, Mr. Mm -hmm. Rhodes, yep. or in the current roster, be it Raw or SmackDown, even fucking NXT, if we have to go, if we have to go that go that route. Yeah. Is there anybody you can see in the WWE right now that can legitimately take that title of Roman Reigns? I mean, like you mentioned Cody there. I think there there is a story to be had there. Uh he's probably the one that springs to mind just because it seems like I don't want to say the most obvious, but it seems like the route they they could go down. Um, could you could you could you ever see it going to say, uh, say Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens, I would probably based not. on based on say Kevin Owens, based on what happened last night. Yeah, well, that's Survivor Series, right? Kevin Owens got completely screwed by Sami Zayn, mm -hmm. and like. This is what this is something as to why I firmly believe there's now going to be a severe, a severe babyface push for Kevin Owens. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago on SmackDown, when he hit the stunner on Roman Reigns, since Kevin Owens has been using the stunner, that is the first pop I've ever heard for him hit the stunner. Yeah. Ever. And that was a loud ass pop when he hit that stunner. Mm -hmm. Last night when he hit the stunner on Roman Reigns, that was a loud ass pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are is it now a case where you have you have laid the groundwork for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn taking that title off Roman Reigns? I mean, to set up to set up, like just yeah. Just like if Roman Reigns is going to lose this title, yeah, right. I personally don't think he's going to lose it at. He's definitely not going to lose it at the Royal Rumble. No, definitely right? not. But I firmly believe his next challenger for the title mm -hmm. at the Rumble is going to be Kevin Owens. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a case where you're going to have the same kind of stuff. You're going to have say Roman Reigns with Sami Zayn and the bloodline in his corner and you'll have Kevin Owens 
with Drew McIntyre and maybe Sheamus or whoever in his corner and all this stuff mm. or whatever. But something will happen and it'll end up being um, Roman Reigns' match at the, at the Rumble. Yeah. But then if you could, if you, if you give Cody Rhodes the Royal Rumble and it's Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah. Right. Is that not the perfect time for Sammy to turn on the bloodline? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, th- I think the interesting kind of um, I'm, I, I'm struggling struggling to think of words at the moment. But the interesting kind of you know, yeah, I have I have got I have I'm a very deep thinker when it comes to this shit. <laughs> well, well, like like so before WrestleMania, in between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, we have Elimination Chamber and. Uh-huh. Elimination Chamber this year, well, 2023, is going to be in Montreal. Uh-huh. And that's why some people think something might happen before then when it comes to Sammy. So, like, I think they should wait till Mania because that's the biggest show of the fucking year. So, like, why would you not wait till then? But, like, it's an interesting, I suppose, red herring that could come up. They could tease something at Elimination Chamber just, you know, to kind of to kind of get there. So they've got a couple of options for what they could do. Well, I mean, I think they teased. I think they teased it a little bit last night. Yeah, I think they teased it a little bit last night because just after Jimmy got to the ring, uh-huh. uh huh, there was a bit of pushing and shoving and handbags from Sammy and Jay. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was a good spot. But then, but then, um, Sammy spent the majority of the match saving Jay from nearly every spot that was tried on it. Yeah. And then, obviously, Sammy saving Roman by stopping the count. Yeah. And but the but the remorse that you could see in Sammy Sammy Zayn's eyes, like I think Sammy Zayn is quite possibly like the best actor in the WWE. Right. I agree, hundred percent. Like that, like that, that fucking Usi comment. <laughs> That destroyed me. Like, like, like Roman Reigns is one of is like one of the best professionals in this industry right now. And Sami Zayn broke every one of them. It is physically it, like it's been proven for years. It is physically impossible to break Paul Heyman. Yeah. And Sami did it. You there know what I mean? Go. Yeah. Sami broke the like the like. And I actually heard. I actually, I don't know whether this is true. And like, obviously, you'd you'd. I don't know whether you'd know more more than I do in regards to the like what goes on in the industry because you talk to a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Was Sammy was was Sammy gone from TV for those few weeks as a punishment for making them break character? I that's the first I've heard of it. I don't think so. I I know that um he I don't know, he tweeted something around that time um. In Arabic, and apparently it was something to do with like it's 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 like a phrase that goes out when someone passes away. So apparently okay. that's that apparently that's why he was off. I I never heard anything about him getting in trouble. Um, yeah. like because I mean, especially I think... since he's kept doing it since. So, <laughs> but you see, like that's that's the thing. Like when like it seems to be the crowd and everybody else now that's ta- that's doing the whole Usi thing, right? Yeah. But on the SmackDown where he came back. And there was a conversation. There was a there was a promo happening in the dressing room where it was Sammy J, Jimmy, and um, Solo. Yeah. And the promo was over, 
But Sammy came back in and did this weird handshake with Jimmy and Jay lost it. Yeah. <laughs> he lo- he fucking lost it. They he get the handshake right every time as well. Every time. But I th- <laughs> like I was I was even saying to a friend of mine who like we watched it together, I was saying it was like Jay had no idea that was gonna happen. <laughs> like literally, I think Jay Jay just assumed that once Sammy walked out, that was that was the promo over. Yeah. And all of a sudden he came back in because Jimmy's face never changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy knew right well exactly what was coming. They went in, Sammy, and Sammy didn't even say anything of, of Annie Mary. He was like, do you remember what we were talking about earlier on? Well, this perfect little handshake was happening. <laughs> and Jimmy lost it. He lost, or J- Jay, he lost it. He yeah, literally yeah. couldn't. And eventually when Sammy did leave, he had to bring him bring himself back. It was like, do you really trust this guy? Like all this stuff. But he lost it. He couldn't, couldn't stop himself laughing. Yeah. But then you see the likes of Say you take the comedic aspect out of Sammy's in, and like for example, when Roman and him were having the were doing the promo last, I'm, I'm I keep saying last night just because that's when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, when Roman asked him basically, "Are you with us?" and Sammy put that like he was real serious and he looked dead into his eyes, real romantic, and I'm with you, baby, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and to the point where when the match was going on and Roman had finally hit the ring, um, Sammy was there, but Sammy, see, he seemed so conflicted. Mm-hmm. But like, but he seemed only, he only seemed conflicted when Roman hit the ring. Yeah. And it was like, once Roman hit the ring, it was almost like, right, big dog is here. Big dog does his thing. If he's needed, I'm there. But it's like, well, Kevin Owens is also in the ring. Yeah, uh, like like he had this. What the fuck am I supposed to be doing here? Kind of kind of look about him. Mm-hmm. And when he when he low blowed him, and he dropped him down, and he literally put out the hand to Jay and said, "There you are." It was almost like, for the love of Christ, just fucking love me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And ice like he, you could see when he when the match was over, you could see when he. When he when Roman hugged him, you could see actual tears. Mm-hmm. That is that to me is phenomenal acting from Sami Zayn. Phenomenal. It's, then, it's but, great. But it, it is great. But then it then all of a sudden that, and also I think that um that embrace that he had with Jay. Mm-hmm. That should have waited for SmackDown. Ooh. I think, I, that, I think that ruined everything. I don't know. I think when emotions are running that high, especially after that type of match, I think they were right to just go for it. But I mean, you, but you, uh, like, you know as well as I do, all of this shit is scripted, right? All of it. All of it. What? Obviously, uh, oh, you know this. Are you serious? Uh, what? Yeah, stop that now. Stop <laughs> that now. We're not going to do this. Um, like it's still real to me, goddammit. <laughs> um, but like, why would you like why whoever booked that match? Mm-hmm. Why would you not? Now, obviously, this is just me in a perfect world. If I was running the WWE, yeah. Why would you not have say the five of them the way they were at the when that when that ended? But like. Like a normal, like a normal Survivor Series team would do, where you'd have the five of them standing in the ring, holding up each other's arms, but Jay is still kind of looking at him. Yeah, well, that's that's a fair point. I no, it's, then, it's, it's a fair argument. Yeah, but then SmackDown comes along, mm-hmm. the bloodline comes out, 
Jay gets on the microphone. Jay starts doing his his same old, what are you doing, oos kind of thing where for some reason he can't talk. He can't have one sentence without the word oos in it. <laughs> and then Roman kind of takes the microphone off him, does his whole I'm the tribal chief thing. And Sammy kind of does what Sammy does, which is chime in nearly every time Roman has a point to make. Yeah. And like ask Jay, like straight out, do you fucking trust me now? Mm-hmm. And Jay just literally does what Roman did last night and just puts out the arms. Yeah. And the that's... whole crowd goes insane because it's focused on that. It's not a crowd that's wrecked tired after watching two hour and a half long steel cage matches. Yeah. Do you get yeah. my meaning? Yeah. No, the, you, that's the, yeah. You, yeah, you you spe- you specifically design one segment on SmackDown, the start of SmackDown, even where that embrace happens. Yeah, and it, the embrace itself happens on com- com- on completely on Jay's own validity, mm-hmm. and it's left there, but it's not left there to the point where they're now all together and they're now loved. You then you then. Later on in the show, or you then on the following week SmackDown, do you then take the honorary use T-shirt off him and just hand him a fucking T-shirt that says Sammy Uso? But it's handed to him by Jay. I have to say, Tony, you've won me over there. That's probably like as far as storytelling goes, that is definitely the best case scenario. So you know, no, I'll give you that one. That yeah, you got you got me there. See, but again. Again, we have to we have to believe in our new our new head of creative. We well, this to. is it. If there's anybody that knows, hopefully knows good TV, it's the man who was involved in the greatest era of of wrestling, in my opinion. Yeah. Next thing I want to ask you about, and I know, and I know it's it's kind of weird that I'm asking you this stuff considering it's your podcast, but well, here we are. <laughs> Look, hey, why not? Um. I'm, you know what? I'd find. I think I'll enjoy listening to this back. I don't care what anybody else thinks, but <laughs> but um, I know you do because it's yours. But um, <laughs> Bray Wyatt, yeah, okay. Why, why am I confused? Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm all for it because I don't know what's coming next, mm. and I think that's a good thing, but. I worry, like, I mean, it was funny, you were talking about some of the interviews Triple H did when he was in Cardiff, and this was yeah. just before Bray returned. He actually, this one was with uh, Ariel Hawani, who... I, you know, I watched that, it was a very good interview. Yeah, and like, I mean, like, he loves asking the tough questions, and he was he was oh, right yeah. out with it, he was like, what's happening with Bray Wyatt? And mm. Triple H said something that kind of stuck with me about Bray, in, in the fact that, like, his mind is just like... His mind is scary. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it, it works like nobody else's, and like he'll have he'll be fixated and stuck on one idea, and then as soon as that's about to happen, he wants to do something something else. So like, yeah, that's that's probably the only worry I have about it. But I'm willing to give it a chance, and you know, well, let's see where well, it ends I mean, up. I like I'm very I'm very much invested. Like I I'm very much invested in Bray Wyatt. Like yeah, Bray Wyatt. Well, I I am like every Bray Wyatt fan. I lost interest in The Fiend. Yeah. Because The Fiend became a sideshow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though all of this was Bray Wyatt's idea. Yeah. 
But The Fiend became a sideshow because The Fiend became the dark part of a slightly mentally deranged children's show host. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like the WWE's Jimmy Savile. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, oh, look, Firefly Flunhouse, everything's good. I'm going to eat your babies (laughs) In, in the one kind of in the one aspect. Yeah. And Bray, I, I believe Bray had to be fired. Mm-hmm. I really do. I re- like he had to be fired because he had to Bray Wyatt had to be given an opportunity to completely reevaluate what he wanted to be. Yeah. The only problem I see is that when Bray Wyatt got back for the first few weeks, it seemed it seemed like he was about to have a full blown feud with himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. these little characters kept showing up and this Uncle Bucky or whatever the fuck his name was was coming up. And it was like when he came back, we saw these characters, these this Wyatt Six as they're calling them. Mm-hmm. And make absolutely no mistake about it, that tiny little human that was in the fiend mask is fucking Bo Dallas. That I don't care what anybody says. Oh yeah. But he was. He was having this back and forth with with these characters that he was creating with himself. But once the Wyatt Six were shown, were seen when he returned, we had we haven't seen him since. Yeah. All of a sudden, now I haven't watched Raw yet, but I saw a clip on TikTok today of a uh, an interview, a backstage interview that was being done with um, Bianca, Alexa, and um, Oscar, mm-hmm. and. The screen behind them, the Wyatt, the Wyatt promos kept kind of flashing behind Alexa Bliss's face, behind right. her head. And she started kind of acting weird. Mm-hmm. Which has now, now, unfortunately, kind of proved in my head that, remember that witch that was there? Mm-hmm. That's Alexa Bliss. That's now, I, I, I'd, I'd stake my, I'd stake my, my, whatever money I'd ever make for the rest of my life, I'd stake it on it. My problem with that, my problem with that, is that once Bray Wyatt left the WWE, well, I won't say left the WWE, but once Bray Wyatt got fired, yeah, that Alexa Bliss character should have been scrapped immediately. She should have been told, Alexa, fuck off for six months. Mm-hmm. Instead of her staying there with this weird little Annabelle doll trying to seem scary. Yeah. Does, am I making sense to you? Yeah, no, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I know she came out and said she enjoyed playing that character and maybe, you know, because she's been there so long and she's, I mean, my sister is obsessed with Alexa Bliss. Like, she's, mm. like, absolutely idolizes her. So my I don't my know, best friend is, is obsessed with Alexa Bliss too, but for a completely different reason. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like, no, like, I, it, it's a fair assessment. I Again, I... I'm always willing to give stuff a chance before it happens. I'm always like, well, let's let's see where this goes, and then we can judge afterwards. But I, well, this trepidations obviously because of how it went before. Well, this like, this is probably the ultimate question I can ask you in regards to LA Knight. LA Knight, Jesus, yeah, he's part of the question. Yeah, the the biggest return of the year was Bray Wyatt. Yeah, the big he the lit nothing compared in the in the WWE. Why LA Knight? Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I don't watch Impact. I don't really. I didn't see much of him in NXT. I I don't know. Neither an did awful, I. Neither yeah, did I. I don't know an awful lot about. It. He seems like, like I the mean, first time I ever saw him was when Vince decided this Max Dupree thing. Yeah, yeah. 
like from what I've seen, like he carries himself well. He's very good promo, like, and you know, I'm sure he'll he'll do fine. But uh, it was a it was it seemed like a bit of an odd pair up for a feud. Yeah, that's, that's and that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, why would you not bring Bray Wyatt back and give him, even if he lost, even if he lost? And again, it goes into my my weird storytelling mind is that you bring Bray Wyatt back and you give Bray Wyatt Roman Reigns. Right? Yeah. And you give Bray Wyatt the the ability and the money to do The Undertaker. To just spend a couple of months fucking with Roman Reigns' mind Mm -hmm. until they got to the Royal Rumble. Right? Okay. And you have Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Obviously, Roman Reigns has his bloodline, but as the match is going on and the bloodlines start to become involved, the, these little characters start popping up all over the arena. Mm-hmm. And still, obviously, Bray Wyatt has to lose the match because we need everybody needs Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania because he's the biggest thing they have at the moment. Yeah. But then, after Roman or after Bray Wyatt loses that, does that then send him deeper into this madness that he has clearly got in this character? And do then we start seeing the if the evolution of this Wyatt Six kind of stable, mm-hmm. and does that send Bray into what he why what he used to be say when he first came in with the Wyatt family? Yeah. So, like for example, there was a there was a Bray Wyatt promo that happened over the last week that showed a lot of early Bray Wyatt. Like the like the the Texas Chainsaw Bray Wyatt, yeah, and it it came completely out of left field for me, completely out of left field for me. Have they decided to completely scrap these characters, this uncle thing with the fucked up face, and try and try and make all of these like as Bray has all has said nearly in every single single promo that he's done that he has these bad thoughts and he knows all the bad things that he do and he likes all the bad things that his brain tells him to do and could it be a thing where you then have a couple of weeks of Bray Wyatt fighting himself against these thoughts and against going back to that that again to use the reference that Texas Chainsaw Massacre style Bray Wyatt Mm -hmm. and then the loss to Roman Reigns is that nail in the coffin that sends him back to the unpredictable lunatic that he once was. Yeah. To the unpredictable lunatic that he was where that we enjoyed. Well, yeah. Because at, at the moment, at the moment, I'm loving Bray Wyatt being back in the wrestling, but I'm not enjoying him. That's fair. That's I'm not. F- yeah. I'm enjo- like, we all know Bray Wyatt is a fantastic promo. He's a fantastic promo. He's, yeah, amongst the best ever. He re- He really is. But whatever they're doing storyline with him, with him wise right now, it's like they don't have one, uh-huh. and they can't figure out one. So they're like, it's like they're teasing stuff. Like they they were teasing these characters, then they were teasing this uncle. I can't even remember what his name was, Uncle Bucky or whatever his Something name was. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> on 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 it, but it's and then you had said that, like that random promo where the delivery guy walked in. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah. Where this random delivery guy just showed up and Bray went off on him. Yeah. And then you've LA Knight. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, you've LA Knight. 
And it seemed like when they did that promo in, in that in-ring promo, and there was apologies, and Bray accepted the apology, and Bray apologized himself, and then Ellen I hit a slap, and there was nothing else out of Bray Wyatt. He just went down on his knees at the ropes, and he's just his two eyes went blank. Yeah. But it's still not giving us any form of inclination as to what is about to happen. Uh-huh. Which I fucking love. Well, but, yeah. but it's still going to get to a stage where what the fuck are they going to do? Because you have this promo that happened on SmackDown, but then now you have a promo that happened on Raw where you have them flashing the Wyatt images behind Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, where are you going? Yeah. I, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of questions that obviously are yet to be answered. But I think, to be fair, it does offer a lot of intrigue to the product that maybe wasn't there before. And you know, hopefully, the culmination of it will be will be good. And you know, we'll see we'll see where they end up with it anyway. But um, I suppose, yeah, like I mean, Tony, we've we've gotten like I mean, this is by far the best episode I've done in so long. <laughs> and like, there's so many topics covered here. And like, we've been, I, I don't know the exact time so far, but like, this is probably the longest episode I've done. And in my head, I'm like, we could definitely go longer, but oh, definitely we, this, I think we definitely like, this is, this is part one. There'll, there'll be a part two. I'm sure. <laughs> what, have, well, what have we, what have we got left? There is on the timer right now. We've got five and a half minutes. Right. Give me, let allow us, Four minutes. Four minutes of AEW. Go ahead. Only reason I want four minutes of AEW is because I have been wanting to talk publicly about this kip for a long time. Go right for it. Two questions I have for you. Okay. Number one. In 2024, do you see the WWE signing MGF? I hope so. Um... Add same question. Add to an add, but to add on something to it. In two thousand and twenty-four, do you see AEW still being there? Uh, still being there, yes. Okay, why? I don't think enough bad shit can happen in that short amount of time for them to die, especially because they they do have a decent financial backing, and I think they they've got a loyal enough fan base that they'll be okay. Your, I think your second your your second reason there has answered exactly what I wanted. It's the simple fact that Tony Khan is not going to allow his uh, toy wrestlers to stop just yet, mm-hmm. and that's a fact. Yeah, that's in my opinion, that's a fact. Like Tony Khan knows nothing about wrestling. He knows nothing about booking. But for as long as he's been alive, he's wanted to own a wrestling company. He now yeah. does. Second thing. Right, second thing. I, I, well, uh, m- just my own opinion, I would love to see MJF in the WWE. I'd love it. 100%. But I'd love to see MJF in the WWE only censored to the point where he can't say the word fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Do not script MJF yeah. at all. Oh, I agree. Give him, do, do what they used to do and say, okay, Maxwell, this is your topic. Go get him. Yeah. Second that's, thing. That's money. Second thing. CM Punk. <laughs> What's your thoughts? Uh he was is like he my right? Is he right or is he or is he a crybaby? I I love Punk. Look, he was my absolute hero as a teenager. I'll be honest, I don't tune into AEW anywhere near as much as I used to. 
from what I hear, I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. I, I don't mm. know. I, I think he's, he, he's just a, he's just an odd dude. I think, to be honest, <laughs> just a very complicated character. Yeah, I see. I see CM Punk as this generation's Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. because unless CM Punk gets what CM Punk wants, then CM Punk will not be there. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. And that's that's the way it is. Like CM Punk left for seven years, he was handed a fuckload of money mm-hmm. to go to a second rate in its prime TNA. Yeah. Yeah. He he comes back, he provides them with their biggest gate, their biggest pay-per-view show, the biggest pay-per-view sale, and their biggest ratings for that year that he was there. Right? Yeah. Everybody can talk about the EVPs throwing them out, throwing them under the bus and Cole Cabana and all this shit, all that stuff. But I believe that even in the WWE before he left, I believe CM Punk in a dressing room is a cancer. Right. I really do. Amazing worker, amazing yeah. promo, am- just all around talented, talented man. But I believe in the background, he's he's just uh he's just a this is the way it has to be, and it's on my terms. And if you don't like it, I'm not gonna be here. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole like the whole fight that happened with, with the elite and stuff like that proved that to me because they the elite came back at the last pay-per-view after CM Punk is gone after what's Steele's first name? Fuck. Ace. Uh, uh, Ace Steele. Ace Steele fired. The only human being that was not um, questioned in that in, in that whole investigation was the one person who saw everything and that was Ace Steele's wife. Yeah. Let's be fucking honest here. Now we're down to one minute. <laughs> what would you like to say? Tony, what I would like to say is you have been an absolute pleasure to speak with and to listen to. And I cannot wait to... Honestly, we we have to do a follow-up to this eventually. We have to. We have to. And it will be epic. Um, If you bring this out on Friday, we're going to have to do a part two next Friday. We're going to have to. We will, 100%. Or we could just do... We could just start a Jim Cornette thingy and just do wrestling podcasts once a week. Yeah. Because nobody else is doing that. (laughs) <laughs> do it on, do it on. Check, check in your, check in your comment section and see if that's something that people would like. Well, we'll leave it to the people. But until then, exactly. Thank you so much, Tony. It's been a pleasure. It's been, been my pleasure, dude. And thank you for having me. No worries. We'll talk to you all next week. Go on. A big, big thank you to Tony once again for coming on straight out of Klein. We'll definitely follow up once again on this show because that was that was a great chat, and I feel like even though we spoke about a lot there. There is a lot more we can speak about too. And Tony will definitely come onto this podcast again soon. I didn't actually get a chance to ask him some of your questions that you asked me over on Instagram. So that could be something that we follow up with again soon. So yeah, without further ado, lads, here is... Actually, no, let me let me rewind that a little bit. Let me rewind that. I was about to play the wrestling promo. But no, no, let me rewind that because I always do this for myself and I nearly forgot to do it for my guest because I'm an inconsiderate arsehole. 
Tony is very popular on the TikTok machine. So do be sure to go over and give him a follow on that. Also give him a follow on the dead platform that is Instagram. And I don't use Facebook, but Tony is on that. So go over and check him out on Facebook as well. Um, And yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I've been talking for a very long time, so I'm going to stop now. And I'm going to allow this epic pro wrestling promo to play right now. Take it away in three, two... One. The following is a very special episode of Firefly Funhouse. Today I have something super serious to talk to you about. comes to mind, body, and spirit, to be at your best, you gotta look good and feel good. This is my friend Huskus the Pig Boy. And as you can see, he doesn't take very good care of himself. <laughs> but the chocolate feels so good in my little piggy belly. I want more. Oh, Huskus. You know, nobody's going to tell you this, buddy. But one day, all this excessiveness and gluttony is going to come back to bite you in the tail. But one day, you could be great. One day, people are going to tell you that you're a genius. They're going to say you have the whole world in your hands. Really? Yay! The both of you better get your act together, or you're, you're... Yowie wowie! Hold on, boss! Huskis will get his act together. <laughs> Trust me. And I know the perfect way to start. Hit it! You got it, dude! Now shake those hips. And let your backbone slip. Pull up your pants and do the muscle man dance. Just follow my voice. You don't really have a choice. And pull up your pants and do the muscle man dance. Now wiggle your behind. Erase your mind. Pull up your pants and do the muscle muscle man man dance. dance. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Huskies, we're ready for a night out on the town. I feel better already. See what happens when you trust me? And remember, my fireflies, I will always light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Bye! See ya! See ya! (laughs) 